Beloved by God, Church, let us begin our service before the Lord. Let us stand and confirm the promise that belongs to the door of our hope. May the resurrection of Christ be enthroned within our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for the great privilege of being in this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your name. And now allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights that are not reachable for us and destroy all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service, as previously, all the works of devil be cursed, illnesses, poverty, untimely death, demonic possession, all matter of fear, depression, destruction, ignorance, error, all of this may depart from the tents of your holy people. And now stand, O Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might, and may your saints be clothed into your salvation and rejoice before your face. Give us more of your spirit, saturate us with your Holy Spirit, allow us to find your great face. We thank you that the service is presented by Apostle Arkady into your godly hands, and we pray, lead it with a po powerful and mighty arm, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The book of Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self created by God, in true righteousness and holiness. The theme of the sermon is the right to put off our former way of life so we can put on the new way of life. And to fulfill this decree and commandment written in the book of Apostle Paul and presented to us in the series of sermons of Apostle Arkady, we need to put three destiny impacting commanding and fundamental acts into practice, and these are put off, be renewed, and put on. Fulfilling these three requirements will determine whether our salvation happens that is given to us in the format of a seed, which we need to obtain as a possession, in the format of the fruit of righteousness. Relevant to this, we stop to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David, where we see that knowing and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David consisting of the eight names of God, allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and gave God the legitimate ability to use the power contained in the capabilities of these names in battle against the enemies of David. And so Psalm 18, 1 through 3. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Let us together now proclaim our inheritance in Jesus Christ. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. Lord, you are my stronghold. 
may the Lord hear these confessions and may he establish them within our heart and our mind and our confessions. These words we will continue to state in eternity who God is to us. And even today we do this, what we will forever or eternally be doing this in a specific format as much as God has allowed and according to the measure of our faith we already studied our inherited lot in Jesus Christ consisted of four of God's names strength rock fortress and deliverer therefore we will continue to study our inherited lot in Jesus Christ studying the name of God rock as the rock of Israel in the given prayer psalm of David we see that the name of God, Rock of Israel, contains the inherited lot of the Son of God, in whom and by whom we together receive the victorious ability to keep and to broaden or to expand our salvation, consisting of the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. And so we keep it by expanding it, broadening it. If we can't expand it, if we can't broaden the horizons of it, our territory of that's saved. And so this is something we receive freely by grace. Our spirit is born. And from the position of our, of our spirit, God begins to occupy our soul. And then using our soul, he will begin to take the body, take control. Where the stronghold of death lives. The White House, we can say, And so the place where the old man is, although he has control over our body, he is in our mind. And he <clears throat> reveals himself in our body, in the desires that are within our body that do not correspond to the holiness of God. You can see the old man today in your soul in your intellect, that's in our thoughts, and in our bodies and the desires, sinful desires that are there. And it is necessary for us to keep our salvation by expanding it upon the, all of our areas to be able to save our soul and adopt our body so they become immortal. We came to the necessity to study the following series of questions. What characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel. What purpose in the realization of our salvation is our inherited lot called to fulfill, consisted in the name of God, Rock of Israel? What price are we required to pay to provide God with the legitimate ability to be our Rock of Israel? And what results do we need to see so that we can determine that God is truly our Rock of Israel as it relates to the realization of our calling. We need to keep in mind that if we decide to study our inherited lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, as something separate from the faith of our heart or the confessions of our mouth, then we will immediately be going in the wrong direction and we will not achieve anything. All of these names that we are confessing today, what did we do? We confessed them. We confessed them so that God can utilize the power that is in these names. And so, we have the privilege to confess this word and not just confess it, but know the meaning and the consistency of them. That power, that might that is contained in these names. There's a big difference between 
a person confessing the word of God he does not understand and the, then confessing the word of God that he understands well. And you, and you may ask, how do you determine? Demons can determine. Dogs can determine. They're afraid of... Uh, they, they are afraid of one person. They're not afraid of another. And the dog senses if a person's afraid or if he needs to be afraid of him. Demons are the same way. They perfectly know when a person prays and doesn't know what he's saying and they sense that when a person is saying something Lord you are my rock he knows and he knows if this person actually knows what God our rock means and when he's proclaiming this and so of these four questions we have been studying the third question the price that is required to be paid to provide God with the legitimate ability to be our rock of Israel and the first component of the price called to give God the legitimate ability to be our rock consists in our decision to heed the commandments of the Lord, which will give us the power to the right to come out of Babylon. We talked about this, that we have this necessity to keep our salvation. We need to come out from Babylon. We were in Egypt as infants, and we are in Babylon as well, in this carnal state. This is no longer infancy. This is, this is where Nimrod is the intellect that is between our ears and that places its mind equal to God's. And Nimrod says, I have my Bible. My Bible says this. This is how I see this. This is how I understand this. This is not Egypt. This is Babylon. And if you are delivered from the wrath that came upon Egypt, you need to close your doors and apply the blood upon the doorpost and lintel. But to be delivered from the wrath of God upon Babylon, you need to open your doors and run away from Babylon. You need to gird yourself with a sword and pass through the camp and destroy everything that does not correspond the standards of God's holiness. Completely different criteria of how infants fight and how you have to fight with what is carnal. It is not an infant, it is now something carnal. It is something much more terrible than Egypt as an infant. Babylon is great power that represents the devil himself and Satan. But the Lord wants to save our soul. And so that is why it is necessary to come out of Babylon, come out of this carnal state. Leave your own opinions, leave your own preassumptions, leave your offenses, leave Babylon. And so the second component of the price called to give God the legitimate ability to be our rock, and this is us paying the price to live and dwell among and with the devouring fire of holiness. Live with the devouring fire of holiness. This is one of the components of the price. Pastor had dedicated a couple of service to it, and we will do the same thing. Isaiah 33, 14 through 16. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? And it says further, Who is this person who can live with the devouring fire? And who can live in this everlasting burning? 
it describes the characteristics of a person and we in these characteristics will see the price the person has paid so that he corresponds to these characteristics he who walks righteously and speaks uprightly he who despises the gain of oppressions who gestures with his hand refusing bribes who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil this is the Way, way this person is identified and the price he pays so that he can live with this devouring fire. And the Lord said, I will give these people a great reward. And we see the reward. He will dwell on high. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. Bread will be given him. His water will be sure. And so in the given allegory, the reward for our ability to live with the devouring fire of holiness of the Most High is four signs. He or we will dwell on high. The place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. Bread from above will be given to us. And fourth, the living water of the Holy Spirit received by us in the Lord, as our Lord and our Master of our life who has become water in our heart will be sure and won't run out or dry out. This is the reward for those people that have the ability to live with the devouring fire. At the same time, the price for the right to live with the devouring fire of holiness is representing the produce, uh, the produced in our heart fruit of righteousness, which stands guard of the holiness of the Most High. And so the price for the right to live with this devouring fire is represented in the produced fruit of holiness or righteousness in our heart. And it stands guard of the holiness of the Most of the Most High, this fruit of righteousness. We need to have within our heart, we need to have within ourselves, this fire that will defend a different fire. The only way to live um, with this devouring fire is to have this fire inside of yourself. You need to have this very, this very same flame, and with this flame, you need to defend with your holiness another flame, this fire that destroys all wickedness and uncleanness. We don't have any other option. We either burn, or we make the decision to be this flame or this fire. And so here's the price of the people who have this uh, fruit of holiness of the Most High. First, they will walk righteously and speak upright in, uprightly in their heart. They shall despise the gain of oppressions. They shall gesture with their hands, refusing bribes. They shall stop their ears from hearing of bloodshed and they shall shut their eyes from seeing evil. All These are people that have this fruit of holiness or this burning fire, this, this fire that uh, protects and defends the holiness of God. And so before studying the conditions necessary to live with the devouring fire of the holiness of the Most High, we will look at the reward that will motivate us and will help us fulfill the necessary requirements so that we can live amongst this or with this devouring fire of holiness. And so before talking about the price, Pastor decided to uh, and wanted to show the reward first, the reward that is received for the price you will pay. Hebrews 11, 24 through 26. By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, 
for he looked to the reward. He did all this. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches for, uh, from the treasures of Egypt because he looked to the reward. He, The Lord showed him the reward. And we also are presented with the reward in these components where the Lord says, you will be upon my heights. Where he gives you all of these things where your water shall not dry out, all of these rewards that when the Lord gives them, uh, that's why we pay the price for these. And we will study these today that will then uh, convince us, will attract us so that we want to pay the price. And so the first component of the reward within our heart, which we need to look at, otherwise we will not have the, the opportunity to fulfill the necessary condition so that we can live with the devouring fire of holiness, consists in a prepared house for us upon the heights of oath promises, God's oath promises. And so this consists in a prepared house for us upon the heights of God's oath promises, where we need to count ourselves dead to sin and living for God, proclaiming the not-existent stronghold of life within our body as existent, so that we provide God with the legitimate ability to perform peace upon the heights of our heart which is the throne of his power. The Lord will prepare for us a house upon the heights. What heights? The heights of his oath promises. Job 25.2 Dominion and fear belong to him. He makes peace in his high places. According to this and other places of scripture, we conclude that heights upon which God performs peace is symbolically the body of a holy person built into a house of the Lord as well as the body of Christ symbolizing Mount Zion which is the good wife for God to perform peace upon his heights means fulfilling his word with the wise within the wise heart of a man a man who built himself into a temple of the Holy Spirit who dwells in him we read that he he performs this peace, this peace that he performs, that means he will fulfill his word within the wise heart of a man. A wise heart is a heart that contains the two great witnesses that stand before the God of all the earth. This is the Thummim representing the truth of the elementary teaching of Christ and the Urim representing governance of the Holy Spirit who reveals the mysteries contained in the truth of the Thummim. Psalm 138.2 I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth for you have magnified your word above all your name. Considering that God has magnified the truth of the word within the temple of our body upon the condition that is that our body contains a wise heart we can conclude that God performs peace upon the heights of his word which is magnified in the temple of our body and he needs a person to collaborate with him as his student, paying the price for his learning. When the scriptures refer to heights upon which God performs peace, in Hebrew the word heights means heavens, a high place, an elevated place, a high location, growth, back, the oath promises of God, a hill, a military station, army of God, Mount Zion, the body of Christ, the good wife, a narrow gate, the body of man, 
in whom the stronghold of life has been erected. And so all of this is connected to the word heights. Therefore, identifying the heights of God upon which God performs peace, we need to consider the state of the heart of one who has an organic membership to the heights of Zion in the form of the good wife, the place where a person makes a covenant of peace with God. Psalm 48, 1-2 Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in His holy mountain. Beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole world in Mount Zion on the side on the north, the city of the great king. When God says He lives upon the heights of the heavens in the temple which is the chosen by Him remnant and the broken heart of a man who trembles before His word, stating this by the mouth of His messengers, then He we can conclude that God lives and performs peace upon His heights. These heights consist of these three unique realms that are connected with one another, the heights of heaven, the heights of the temple, which is the body of Christ, and the heights of the redeemed by Him heart in the body of man. And so all these three heights, they need to be together. These are the heights upon which God dwells. The heights of the heavens, the heights of the temple, and the heights of the redeemed by Him heart. Therefore, identifying the heights upon which God performs peace is the oath-filled word of God that comes from three unique heights that are connected with one another. God is vigilant over His word, so it swiftly be fulfilled. This word is addressed to the temple in the form of Zion and to the man who is a member of Zion. Apostle James, identifying the heights existing within the heart of man, said that such a person being subject to belittlement by other men who are jealous of him, this person needs to glory in his exaltation, which means he bore his persecution as a reward. James 1.9 Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. And so we receive this punishment, this persecution as a reward. And so to exalt or to glory in it is to receive it as a reward, a form of a reward. It's an interesting uh, way of identifying, and there are other ways of identifying as well. The reward that God gives, that He will allow us to dwell upon the heights, and we see some of the components. Uh, in, in some of these components, we'll see that we have part of this reward, and others we will receive later. Today we can say, that, Lord, you today have allowed me to be upon your heights. Lord, even today I am upon your heights. And here Pastor brings forth many different uh, angles uh, upon the heights of God. These are rewards so that we be upon his heights from the position, from the place where he speaks, the heights that we, we rise to when we proclaim the non-existent as existent, his heights when we uh, are pleading uh, to him for help and he reaches, he stretches out his hand and reaches for ours and pulls us up. Also the heights where death will not be able to reach us anymore. And so we will see when we uh, go up to these heights, these are the unapproachable uh, mountains. And so it will be difficult to then uh, offend us. It will be difficult to make us upset. And the reason is because you will become, uh, you will, they will try to offend you, they will try to hurt you, but you will not be offended. 
but you actually uh, you will raise yourself up upon God's heights. And being, being upon these heights, upon these unapproachable uh, mountains, they will not be approachable for illness and death. Today, illnesses uh, still, uh, ha still affect us. They still affect us today, but a time will come when they will no longer affect us. And we say, Lord, you are my rock, you are my height, and one day I will not be able to be touched by illnesses or death anymore. And we'll talk about this a little bit more later. And so, again, a part of this reward we have already received, a part of that reward. And another part we are, re we are receiving, and another we will receive later. And so, again, when we are being belittled, we immediately rise to God's heights. We receive, we overcome this persecution uh, as a form of a reward. Therefore, the reward, which consists of the house prepared for us upon the heights, is identified in the Eden of our heart as the truth of the Word of God in the form of pr the promises of God, making us partaker partakers of God's divine nature because of our organic membership to Zion, identified as the Sabbath of God, in which the heart of God rests. Isaiah 58, 13, 14, If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor Him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. And so we are already upon these heights. Because you could have stayed at home, but you came here. I understand sometimes we remain uh, at home for, for, the, for health reasons or, or we're, we're, because of work, some, something is uh, interfering. But we, with within the spirit, we're still with the church, and so uh, we put away our whims and we come and, or we attend. And if we're here, that means that in the given aspect, we are already upon God's heights. At the time of the law of Moses, which in its symbols and writings contained the mystery of the redemption of man, whom God foreknew and predestined, so that he, being the likeness of his son. God always revealed himself upon heights of, sp of specified mountains. It is upon these heights that he gave his law, his assistance, and his deliverance. The mountains, uh, from upon that mountain where he gave his laws, he also uh, assisted a, a man and he also delivered man when needed. And so the word where we receive this word uh, we also come here for deliverance, and it is also here where we receive, we come for uh, for help as well. We come to the church so we can hear the word that will be able to lift us up to heights that are not reachable for us. First Samuel 9, 18, 19. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Please tell me, where is the seer's house? Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place. For you shall eat with me today. And so the very first time Saul met with Samuel, and he was looking for the seer, and Samuel said, I am the seer. And the first thing he says to him is, Go before me to the high place. 
for you shall eat with me today and tomorrow I will let you go and will tell you all that is in my heart. And so this is how Saul worked or collaborated with Samuel uh, upon this high place. Every time God helped his children who were in mortal danger of the governing sin in them, he stretched his hand out to them from the heights of the spoken by him word. He, he's, uh, it's said very beautifully here, he stretches out his hand to us from the heights of his spoken word. And so the best thing is when he lifts us up to his heights, he and he assists us in this way. Second Samuel twenty two, fourteen through eighteen. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the most high uttered his voice. He sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning bolts, and he vanquished them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, the foundations of the world were uncovered, at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he delivered me from my strong enemy, for those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. Here we see that the Lord stretches out his hand to us, and he does this by the preached word that we hear. We are looking again upon these heights from different angles. Every time we're obedient to the faith of God by counting ourselves dead to sin and living for God, proclaiming the not existent promises as existent, God receives the legitimate ability to take the confessions of the faith of our heart and place our feet upon high places of the confessed by us promises. You see how we're, uh, we, we elevate or we go up upon these heights. The first is he allows us to go upon his heights through his spoken word. And in this situation, uh, it's our own confessions that allow us to go upon his heights. And so uh, we proclaim the word. The first is he spoke his word so that he can lift us up. And the next is we speak and we we confess God's promises and they, and he then puts us upon these heights. And so we come to the pastor and we say, we have a problem and he gives us his word. And he says, pray, hold on to the promise and continue to confess. And you say, okay. Practically, God already stretched out his hand to me through this word that he had given. And I say, thank you. And by after saying thank you, you need to now take it and confess it, because the Lord will then place our feet upon the high places by the pro- by the proclaimed word that we proclaim. Second Samuel twenty two thirty three through thirty five. God is my strength and power, and He makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer, and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arm can bend a bow of bronze. And so Pastor says how we need to take these words and battle in prayer so that he can, the Lord can, place us upon his heights. 
each time we make it a focus, we continue to look at God's heights, each time we make it a focus to prepare our heart to listen to the preached word rather than to sacrifice, God receives the legitimate ability to deliver us from the hand of the one that is stronger than us and lifts then us up upon his heights of Zion, the heights upon which he we can then celebrate. Jeremiah 31, 10-14 Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the in the, in the isles afar off, and say, He who scattered Israel will gather him, and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob, and ransomed him from the hand of the, of the one that is stronger than he. Therefore they shall come and sing in the heights of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and new wine and oil. For the young of the flock and the herd, their souls shall be like a well, watered garden, and they shall... So- sorrow no more at all then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance and the young men and and the old together for i will turn their mourning to joy will comfort them and make them rejoice rather than to sorrow i will satiate the soul of the priests with abundance and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness says the lord and so he wants us to celebrate upon the heights of zion we come to the church and right now we're being offered the ability to rise to these heights, walk up to these heights. Every time we seek to know God in the wisdom of His Word and in our worship upon His heights and not seeking materialistic prosperity, the soul of our enemies, or a long life, we in this way give God the legitimate ability to place the wisdom that we were seeking upon the heights of our wise heart as well as place the things we were not seeking as well, riches, wealth, and honor. The Lord does all of this upon his heights. Of course, I will talk about Solomon here. Second Chronicles 1, 11 through 13. Then God said to Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge I grant to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the like. So Solomon came to Jerusalem from the high place that was at Gibeon. These are the things that he was telling him in the high places from before the tabernacle of meeting and reigned over Israel. Considering the fact that this is symbolic and not the realities themselves, the riches, wealth, and honor imply riches of the, of the faith of God received into our heart in the form of faith instruction. Let's look at these Solomons. James 2.5 Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? And you may say, well, is this written about Solomon? Yes. As he says, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith? We continue to read and learn about God's heights. Every time God hears the groaning of a prisoner of sin who hates sin but does not have the strength to become free of death, which is the wages of sin, God immediately looks down upon him from his holy heights. 
to give him the ability to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. Psalm 102, 19-22 For he looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven the Lord viewed the earth. To hear the groaning of the prisoner, to release those appointed to death. To declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. When the people are gathered together and the kingdom, so they serve the Lord. And so again, whom will the Lord look down upon? From his heights, the groaning uh, prisoners, prisoners of sin. These are not just slaves of sin. Prisoners of sin. Prisoners of sin are people who commit sin but suffer because of it. When a person commits a sin and does not suffer, he's not a prisoner of sin, and the Lord will never look down upon him from his heights. The Lord will look down from his heights upon a person who is a prisoner of sin, <clears throat> who hates sin and hates what he's doing. He sometimes hates himself for what he's doing. He's ashamed. And he comes to church, he goes out on Sunday, and he repents. That means he does not legalize the sin he does. And these prisoners of sin, these are those people who collaborate with the heights of God. These are people who hate sin, but are still fighting these sins. And so who collaborates with the name of God, Lord, you are my rock. These prisoners of sin, who hate sin. Every time the lying words of foreigners fall down upon us as great waters, and we begin to call out to God, so that He bow down His heavens and deliver us out of great waters, He stretches out His hand from above and rescues us. Psalm 144, 5-8 Bow down your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Shoot out your arrows and destroy them. Stretch out your hand from above. Rescue me and deliver me out of great waters. From the hand of foreigners, whose mouth speak lying words, and whose right hand is the right hand of falsehood. The Lord is ready to stretch out His hand to us, to save us from the sons of foreigners who speak lying words against us. We just need to turn to God for help. Practically, in this help, a person gives place to God's wrath. He does not avenge himself. You say, Lord, deliver me, save me. I will save you. How? Allow the Lord to avenge you. How do you do this? Stop being the judge. Lord, how can I not be the judge? Forgive the person. And that's it. And we forgive the person. If this is a holy person, then the Lord begins to work with him and, and correct him. And likely he will come to you and uh, ask for forgiveness. Could be 10 years. Sometimes people have come up to me and asked for forgiveness. And years and years had passed. I did not even remember. What does this say? That I collaborate with the heights. And that person also collaborated with those heights. And he saw something in himself and repented. 
Of course, there are things sometimes that are not, it is not necessary to repent, but there are definitely things that it is necessary to repent. And don't, if somebody does ask you for forgiveness, just wave your hand and say, you don't have to say that. You do need to tell this person, I have, I forgive you for this. Because we are upon heights and we need to lift our brother up to this height as well. We need to forgive him, comfort him, support him. The Lord stretched out his hand out to us and lifted, lifted us up to his heights. And now another brother is telling us, a brother is telling us, forgive me. And I say, I forgive you in the name of Jesus Christ. And our relationship is fixed. And in this way, we lift our brother up to the same heights. Considering that all of the virtues of God and his church from the days of old are finely faked or counterfeited by the fallen cherubim and his angels, there are not only heights of God, but also heights of man being supported by organized powers of darkness, resisting the heights of God and impersonating the heights of God. The heights of man built by men, unlike the heights of God, in Hebrew have a contrary meaning. The heights of man, what are they? We talked about what the heights of God are, but what are the heights of man? These are heights built of man's authorship, identifying a thinly disguised or veiled atmosphere of sin, which produces the death of the grave. Second Kings 17, 9 through 12. Also the children of Israel secretly did against the Lord their, their God things that were not right, and they built for themselves high places in all their cities, in all their cities. And so there's a place where he needed to be worshipped, but in all the cities they built these heights. And they set up for themselves sacred pillars and wooden images on every high high hill and under every green tree. There they burnt incense on all the high places, like the nations whom the Lord had carried away before them, and they did wicked things to provoke the Lord's anger. For they served idols of which the Lord had said to them, You shall not do this thing. It is specifically upon one of these heights, resisting the heights of God, Balak, the Moabite king, at the command of Balaam, whom he called from Peor, built seven altars and brought upon each one an offering of oxen and sheep. Let's look at these heights. Numbers 23, 22, 40, and 41, and 23, 1 through 3. Then Balak offered oxen and sheep, and he sent some to Balaam and to the princes who were with him. So it was the next day that Balak took Balaam and brought him up the up to the high places of Baal, that from there he might observe the extent of the people. He wanted Baal, Balaam to uh, curse Israel. He heard what the Lord was doing with his enemies. And he told the prophet of God, Balaam, I will pay you, just curse the nation. And if we lose, we lose. Then Balaam said to Balak, Build seven altars for me here, and prepare for me here seven bulls and seven rams. And Balak did just as Balaam had spoken. And Balak and Balaam offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, 
Stand by your burnt offering, and I will go. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet me, and whatever he shows me, I will tell you. So he went to a desolate height. He went to the place that God had previously spoke him of. He spoke with him there. He built for himself uh, these altars on other heights, but went to the height that actually God had spoken with him prior. Pastor says, pay attention. Balaam perfectly knew that God would not respond to him upon the heights of Baal. Therefore, to receive a response from God, he went to a high place that God had previously asked him to go to, to worship, where he received a response from God. However, when the children of God step away from fulfilling his commandments, they fall down from the heights that they were once on, and then God calls the thunder of correction upon them from his heights, coming from the house of his holiness, from the place they had fallen. Jeremiah 25, 29-30 For behold, I begin to bring calamity on the city which is called by my name, and should you be utterly unpunished, you shall not be unpunished, for I will call for a sword on all of the inhabitants, inhabitants of the earth, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore prophesy against them all these words, and say to them, The Lord will roar from on high, and utter his voice from his holy habitation. He will roar mightily against his, wor- his fold. He will give a shout as though the treading of the grapes against all the inhabitants of the earth. And Pastor says, to fulfill the conditions necessary for the ability to live with the devouring fire of the holiness of the Most High, it is necessary to not just look upon the reward in the form of the house upon the heights of God, but so that our looking also be accompanied with praise. As he says, tell them, for the Lord will thunder from his heights, from his holy place. What kind of praise? It is necessary by looking at our reward. We look at our reward. We also need to praise him. Praise is first in the east and second upon islands in the sea. From the, from the position of which we would be able to count ourselves dead to sin and living for God and proclaim the not existent promise to live with the devouring fire of holiness as existent to call upon God in the east. We'll read this place. To call upon God in the east is to condemn your old man in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, in your nation, the house of your father, and your life in the flesh, putting away the form of the old man with his deeds. And to call upon God upon the islands is to perform the work of absolute sanctification for the purpose of absolute dedication to God. Isaiah 24, 16 through 8. 16 through 20 through 20 therefore glorify the Lord in the dawning light glorify the Lord in the dawning light the name of the Lord God of Israel in the coastlands of the sea from the end of the earth we have heard songs glory to the righteous but I said I am ruined ruined woe to me The treacherous dealers have dealt treacherously. Indeed, the treacherous dealers have dealt very treacherously. Fear 
and the pit and the snare are upon you, O inhabitants of the earth. And it shall be that he flees from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit, and he who comes up from the midst of the pit shall be caught in the snare, for the windows from on high are open, and the foundations of the earth are shaken. The earth is violently broken, the earth is split up, split open, the earth is shaken exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and from like a drunkard, and shall totter like a hut. Its transgression shall be heavy upon it, and it will fall and not rise again. Isaiah 24, 15-20. And all of this was uh, happening because of the confessions of the saints. And what's happening today in the world is because of the confessions of the saints. And so this is the position from which we can call upon the Lord, where it says, Therefore glorify the Lord in the dawning light, in the name of the Lord, God of Israel, in the coastlands of the sea. And so to glorify the Lord upon His heights is to condemn your old man in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to call upon the Lord upon the islands is to perform a total form of sanctific, uh, sanctification for the purpose of total, total and absolute dedication. And we can condemn the old man old man with his deeds. And we do this in the form of our nation, the house of our father, and our life in the flesh. And so we don't condemn our house or our nation or our soul. We condemn the old man living in our nation in our house and our soul, that area where the old man demonstrates himself and we condemn him to God's judgment. Because people ask, why shouldn't I love my nation? And so sometimes I meet people uh, in the way of bi- we, were, we do business together and people uh, from you that are originally from Ukraine say, "Well, we 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 will fight for our nation and we will defeat them." And I tell them, "Well, then go back. Uh, you need to die for your nation because you're you're a citizen of America." Or they ran away from Russia. If you if you love your nation so much, go back and fight with them there. Then. We love our country. To love your country, loving your country doesn't mean you have to kill someone for your country. That means to kill the old man within yourself. As I love my relatives, they don't love me that way. I don't love the old man in my house and the house of my father. And when I condemn the old man with all of his ingredients, then the relatives say, well, you don't love us. You are against us. They don't even know that I love them more than they love me. They hate me because I chose holiness, but I love them. But I condemn the old man in the house of my father. I love my soul, but to, and to save my soul, I need to condemn it to death in the Lord Je- death of the Lord Jesus Christ and its thoughts and desires. I love my soul. I need to lose it in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ so I can reobtain it in, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I demonstrate my love through hatred of what is connected with my soul. It is, and they are married. Uh, the soul is married to the old man, and they, and because of this, it needs to die in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And so as the soul is his lot, the Lord's lot, everything that's his lot, everything that is submerged into the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, it will be resurrected. The old man is not God's lot. And he does not want the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he will not rise again in the resurrection. The old man is outside of the ark of Noah. The spirit, soul, and body is in the ark. And yes, they're submerged into the, into, into the waters, into the deep waters. But let's think of who's outside of the, the, the ark. The desire, the old man, uh, sinful desires. And we will realize that only those that are in the ark, they entered in and were part of the resurrection. It's an interesting way the Lord has shown us what it means to be upon God's heights. And so let's sum it up, our promise, us being upon these heights. We've heard much, but if someone asks you, what is us dwelling upon God's heights? And we're talking about that. <clears throat> God has always revealed himself upon his heights, upon specific mountains, from which he gave his law, from which he has helped peop- people, and where he, from where he delivered people. For me, the heights of the Lord is the place where the Lord teaches me, helps me, and delivers me. God receives the ability to put upon this upon these heights wisdom up into our wise heart, and this only happens upon his heights. He performs peace upon his heights. Upon what heights? The heart of a person that has an organic membership to the heights of Zion and to perform peace means that a heart that is part of God's Zion fulfills, uh, this heart fulfills God's word. The Lord uh, uses this heart to fulfill his word. Further, being in mortal danger, the Lord stretches out his hand to you uh, by the preached word. We are familiar with this. God receives the ability to take the confessions of of the faith of our heart and place our feet upon the heights of the confessed by us promises. We are already upon these heights. Why? Because we have received this word and we confess this word and we're already there and our feet are already standing upon these heights. Further, God receives the ability to deliver us from the hand of one who is stronger than us and lifts up, lifts us up upon the heights of Zion. Lord, The Lord hears the groans of a prisoner of sin and will look down upon them from his heights, will stretch out his hand to them and lift them up. And only those who hate sin, not those who legalize sin. Every time uh, the deception of man falls upon us, of the foreigners, he lifts us up and saves us. When we boast about our about being persecuted or being persecuted, we consider this a reward. God places us upon his heights, and we need to praise him upon in the east and upon his islands. And in this way, the Lord places us upon his heights. We need to condemn the old man within our nation, the house of our father, and our personal desires, so that we can glorify him upon the islands, so that we can sanctify ourselves, so we can dedicate ourselves. This this is what sums up 
abiding upon God's heights. We already are using a part of this promise. All of us are already using a, a, in we are in this promise and in this reward. The second component of the reward in our heart, which we need to look at, otherwise we will not have the opportunity to fulfill the necessary conditions to live with the devouring fire of holiness, consists in preparing a stronghold in the mountains which is unapproachable. And so this is a reward that we need to look to. 1 Samuel 23.14 And David stayed in strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. In the given component, our reward upon which we are called to look so that we receive strength to fulfill the condition necessary to live with the devouring fire of holiness is the lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, united with the lot contained in the name of God's stronghold. He is a stronghold in these unapproachable mountains. <clears throat> Lord, you are my, my rock. And also the Lord is our stronghold. And we see the, the combination of these two, these two united in this, in this situation. And this is the unapproachable place. It's a very important principle, especially for those who value these promises of God that belong to the door of our hope. That we need to achieve this height and this unapproachable mountain, this unapproachable place. The, an un, unapproachable place is a fortress on a mountain, stronghold, fortification, refuge, becoming wise and skilled, obtaining knowledge, to be instructed, be sanctified. To abide upon the heights of the unapproachable places, it is necessary to possess the virtue of an eagle, whose food are carcasses in the dying of the Lord, which we are called to carry within our heart. Job 39, 27-30 Does the eagle mount up at your command and make its nests on high? On the rock it dwells and resides on the crag of the rock and the stronghold. From there it spies out the prey its eyes observe from afar, its young ones suck up blood, and where the slain are, there it, it is. In the given component, our reward is the dying of the Lord Jesus, which we carry within our body as a testimony that we have died by the body of Christ for the law which reveals sin within our body and gives power to sin within our body, which gives us the legitimate ability like an eagle to mount up in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and build our nest upon the heights of the rock of his resurrection, where death will never again be able to come. <clears throat> In Romans 6, 9, it's written, knowing that Christ, who resurrected from the dead, no longer dies, because death has no power over him. We need to look at the beauty that the pastor shows us. What is this unapproachable place? This unapproachable place is only accessible to an eagle. What is an eagle? An eagle is the teaching of the resurrection. The resurrection is the result of death. When we, in the death of the Lord Jesus, die and we are, are in his death and also then in his resurrection. The, uh, Jesus resurrected from the dead and he no longer dies and death ha ha no longer has power over him. 
because there's the death which is separating from God and also the death where our body dies. And so death will not have any, uh, will not be able to access us anymore. We will not be, it will not be able to approach us. And so the saints, they also have uh, a part in the first resurrection. I want to make a, a, a correction. The second death is separating from God. The first death is when we die and separate from our body. And so the second death has no uh, power meaning we will not separate from God, but also the time will come when the first death will not have power over us either, uh, where we will not die in the body either. And so this eagle, as it says, in the crags and unapproachable uh, places, this is where he begins to look for his food and he sees far. This is the promise that belongs to the door of our hope, which is, it's not possible to see it not being in the unapproachable places. These promises, a person, uh, a person is attracted to these promises when he is in these unapproachable places. The e eagle is the teaching of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in his resurrection. And this is specific about his resurrection. If a person is not familiar with it, then he will never be able to be in, this in these unapproachable places. Being in these unapproachable places, we will see afar and we will see this promise. The, the governing of the resurrection of Christ in our body. An unapproachable place is a place that's not accessible to death a place where death cannot access. And so you may say, well, we're getting older, we get sick. And so how are you saying we're in an unapproachable place? You have maybe high blood pressure and, and you need to say you are in these unapproachable places. Why? Because to rise above offenses, and accusations, uh, we, you need to rise upon God's heights. And soon, illnesses and misfortunes and death and aging and will, uh, all kinds of, uh, uh, all, ki all of these things will not be able to access us any longer. We will not be experiencing any of these things. And we need to see ourselves there already now. A very interesting second component. The first was, is we are dwelling upon his heights, and the second of this second component of the reward is, are these unapproachable places for hell and death? The third component of the reward within our heart, which we need to look upon, otherwise we will not have any opportunity to fulfill the required conditions so that we can live with the devouring fire of holiness of the Most High, consists in the prepared-for-us bread on the high places. And so the Lord wants to feed us with His bread upon the high places. He has lifted us up to His high places. He made them unapproachable for death. And now He wants to feed us 
with his bread upon these high places. It is referring to the nature and virtue of such bread, which is wisdom, which in the status of a reward is given as a reward to all men who have a wise heart, consisting of the truth of the elementary teaching of Christ, imprinted upon the tablets of our heart and kept in our heart as an imperishable treasure. An unapproachable place. This is where we eat bread, which are the imperishable treasures. We are upon his heights. It's now unapproachable to death. And upon this, these heights, the Lord is now offering for us to uh, eat of his uh, imperishable treasure, his word, his truth. Exodus 31, 6. I have put wisdom in hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. We need to note that the wisdom of imperishable treasure, as it is, is given to our wise heart exclusively in the form of specific clean food consisting of proverbs, examples, allegories, and riddles and metaphors that are not only unaccessible to the carnal man, but are also unacceptable, disturbing, and rejected by by his soul, the soul of a carnal man. Matthew 13, 10-17 and the, the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to, to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him more will be given, and he who will, he will have abundance. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see, and did not see it, and hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Matthew thirteen ten through 17. Jesus said, For who has, more will be given to him. For the one that has, wisdom in his heart, in the form of this golden uh, table, this t- table of showbreads, to him more will be given. And so the one that has this golden table of showbreads, the Holy Spirit will be given to them so that they could take these breads and the fourth component will be the uh, springs of living water. We'll get to it. I will give you imperishable treasure. I will give you bread. For the one who has more will be given. What do you need to have so that the Lord give you more? We need to build our house into a table of showbreads. Is to be a student where the Lord will be able to place his breads. Who has a heart that is built into a table of showbreads, to that one will be given revelations, to that one will be given breads. And the one that will be given breads it will also be given the Holy Spirit. This is the moisture that will be able to explain the consistency of the spoken word. For the one that has, more will be given him. The one who has this table of showbreads in his heart, to him will be given these revelations as these breads. And the one who has these breads, these revelations, will, they'll be given the Holy Spirit who will be able to explain 
the consistency of these breads. One of the most unaccessible allegories for the mind of man, misunderstood, is the bread in the form of the body of Christ and drink in the form of the blood of Christ, which for the category of many who are called, regardless of their visible partaking of this great mystery, it still remains for them an unaccessible or misunderstood thing. 1 Corinthians 11, 23-24 For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, the Lord Jesus, on that same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When he said to his disciples, his 70 of his disciples, if you remember, abandoned him. Only 12 remained, and he asked them also, Do you want to leave? And they said, We don't. You have the words of eternal life. And we see when he repeated it again, what his body is and what his blood is, showing to them the bread and the wine. Uh, Judas Iscariot then also uh, left. Jesus always spoke in a way to be able to separate those people, people who appear to be disciples but are not. When we are raised to God's heights, when we begin to abide in these unapproachable mountains and we eat the bread that the Lord offers upon his heights and this bread is is unacceptable to carnal people. And so... If I read these things, the words that we're reading, the if there's, if there's, if you have question, if things arise in the heart that are either complaining or maybe this should be simpler in some way, people have these kinds of things. This means you're not on God's heights. We examine ourselves. We examine ourselves. The fourth component of the reward within our heart that we need to look upon, otherwise we will not have any opportunity to live with the devouring fire, consists in preparing the wellspring of living water for us that never dries out. And here is a place of scripture about this water. John seven thirty seven through 39 On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this is spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. It is referring to the Holy Spirit, which will be given to every person who waits for and thirsts for the revelations of the truth, abiding in his heart, in the form of the elementary teaching of Christ. A very interesting four rewards that we need to look upon. And we'll sum this up really quickly. First, we'll abide upon the heights as the place. From, this is the place, the position from which the Lord lifts us up. The second reward will be the, these unapproachable mountains, the place where the Lord keeps us from death. The third reward is the bread that comes down from heaven and it will be given to us, the place where He feeds us. And fourth, the living water of the Holy Spirit received 
by us as our Lord and Master will become in our heart as this water and it will never dry out and this is the Lord the place where the Lord then allows us to be led by the Holy Spirit and so these are these great rewards that we had studied we have other of course uh, prices uh, that we will be studying in the future let us now pray Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the privilege of being upon the place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your holy name. We thank you that you have allowed us to be lifted up to heights that are not reachable for us, that you continue to reveal to us your revelations from those heights. You continue to comfort us and lift us up to heights the place where you gave us your laws, this position from, the, from this position that you gave us your laws, you upon this heights put revelations into our heart and we pray that we can seek you with our wise heart and we thank you that today our heart is built into this golden table of showbread so that you can place your revelations there, your truth, your word, because you said in your word that the one who has more will be given but one who does not have does not have this table of showbreads that one will not be given what he thinks to even have will be taken from him we thank you Lord for your wisdom that you give to a wise heart we collaborate today with your wisdom and we thank you that you continue to do your work upon your heights and you continue to allow your word to be fulfilled through your messengers, through your saints. You allow your truth to work through your saints who have this in their heart and who are organic members of your Zion. And you have said that you perform peace upon your heights, the heights of Zion. And we thank you, Lord that you today perform peace and you fulfill the words that your saints proclaim today when they proclaim the faith of their heart. We thank you, Lord, that today you place the feet of a saint upon your heights. And these heights are the confessed by his promises. We receive these promises into our heart and today we proclaim these promises so that by confessing these words, we can then be upon your heights, upon heights that are not reachable for us. We pray, Lord, that the stronghold of death within our body be thrown out with noise and that the stronghold of life be erected in its place. We condemn the old man within our nation. We condemn the old man within the house of our father. And we condemn the old man within our thoughts, within our acts, within our words. We condemn him and we don't legalize him. We thank you that this is all possible upon your heights. You, Lord, lift us up to your heights. 
You deliver us from your enemies who are stronger than us. You stretch out your hands from above and you deliver us and we thank you. If we are reproached today for the truth, then this is a great privilege that will allow us to be lifted up to your heights. We will glorify you upon the place of the east. We will glorify you upon the islands. We will be sanctifying ourselves according to your word and then dedicating ourselves accordingly. We thank you for the revelation of your heights where we are already standing. And we thank you that there are heights that we will be placed soon. Where we will absolutely not be able to be touched, not for accusation, suspicion, offenses, illnesses, misfortunes, untimely death, where death will be the first not to have any access to us. The first death as well as the second. You have made us priests and kings and we will reign with you a thousand years on earth. We will reign with you those who have been elevated to those heights who have achieved these unapproachable mountains. We thank you, Lord, that you are our rock. You are our fortress. And you are our unapproachable mountain. We are within these unapproachable mountains. We thank you, Lord, for your bread, for the revelation that we received into our heart. And we don't stumble upon your revelations. We, with thanksgiving and humility, receive this word. And if in our heart there's something that does not accept this word, allow us, Lord, to condemn the old man in this area. Allow us, Lord, to leave this carnal state and run from Babylon. Allow us to gird ourselves with our sword and pass through the camp and destroy everything that stumbles upon your truth. And allow us, Lord, to value what little that you have trusted us with. You have trusted us with yourself. You have trusted us with the Son, with his death and his resurrection, with his body and his blood. You have trusted us with Zion and the heights of Zion, and we value your Zion. You have trusted us with your word, your bread, your revelation. You have trusted us with the Holy Spirit, whom you have given to us as a guarantee, so he become Lord and Master of our life. You have trusted us with not a lot, but in that as little, as if little, there's much, and we will value that, and we will not allow any suspicions be cast, doubts be cast upon what you have trusted us with. And we will thank you for these things. And we will speak the words of praise to you and joy. We thank you for your church, your Zion, for your messengers, for the person that you have given that gives us his, gives us your word. We pray and we thank you for our pastor, Arkadi. It is him that you have placed and he, you use him to stretch out your hand to us. And you comforted us and, and you correct us. And you tell us the wonderful future.
we value that little, that word that you have given to us. And you've given, given this to us using your messenger. And we collaborate, our heart collaborates with the words of your messenger so that our words can collaborate with your words. And that you may be able to fulfill on earth using the prayer of your saints. We thank you for that little that you have given, but this little is so much. And we pray that the word that you use to comfort us and lift us up, we pray also, Lord, that you direct this word from your heights upon the place, upon the person whom you have revealed it from, that you may be able to lift him up to your heights and restore him before your face, that he can fulfill his role in boldness and you prepared him your whole life his whole life you prepared him for this so that he can tell us of your revelations and that it may may be given from the unapproachable mountains when death will not have any power over us because Jesus resurrected He resurrected and no longer dies and death no longer has power over him. We thank you, Lord, that in Jesus Christ, death no longer has power over us. You have placed us upon heights that are not reachable for us in these unapproachable mountains. And there we have created our nest. We've built our nest and we look from these heights afar and we thank you that from these places you see that we see that you have expanded our lot you did not just save our spirit but also saved our soul changed it and made it beautiful in the death of the Lord Jesus and saved our mortal body by establishing the stronghold of life in it we thank you Lord for the revelation that we were able to remember today and have has found its place upon our table of showbreads and we believe that upon this table there's place where you will be able to place those revelations that your messenger still has for us we will wait with trembling and patience and we today take from this table of showbreads also today and we glorify you and rejoice with you our great God, Son and Holy Spirit Amen Our Father in Heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us finish with our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.